You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. In for Bill Ryder, I am Bart Winkler. Chris Hess is here, Emmanuel Barbari on the updates, and good to be with you for another hour. We'll be back tomorrow on your 4th of July holiday, and then Bill back in his rightful chair coming up on Wednesday. I'm sure there's a lot of free agency stuff that he'll get to, and just because he's not been on the radio show doesn't mean you can't find his latest, doing some work for CBS Sports HQ and all over this uh, Damian Lillard situation. Damian Lillard is where I guess we can start when we talk a little NBA free agency here as uh, it's this show's first opportunity to really dive into it with the free agency period coming up on, it came, it started Friday night around 6 Eastern. And then of course you have all these deals right away. Like what a joke that is. But then most of the, most of the big things I think have happened already outside of Damian Lillard now wants a trade after the Blazers give a bunch of money to Jeremy Grant all right, uh, get get Jeremy Grant his big deal, and then then I'm going to request a trade, and then James Harden. And I don't know if these situations are going to resolve themselves anytime soon. I think if you're the Trailblazers, you you really just like draw this thing out, or you don't rush into a you don't rush into an outcome. And that seems to be where they're at. Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday on ESPN had the latest from the Trailblazers' point of view. Blazers front office, their organization, they made it clear to teams who called yesterday about Damian Lillard uh, that they are open for business everywhere in the league on him. Now, our Mark Spears reports that Damian Lillard wants to play for the Miami Heat, that he has told uh, the Blazers that. But he does not have a no-trade clause in the way that Bradley Beal did. He does not get to control where he goes next. And for Portland, listen, they're going to go out into the marketplace and try to find the best deal they can is a combination of young players, draft picks, salary cap relief, all the things you want when a star of Damian Lillard's magnitude uh, asks to be traded. And so I think this will not be a quick process, and Miami does not have any advantage uh, in trying to get a trade. Yeah, they've got no advantage. As far as the package they can give, they've got no advantage. Because you're going to probably need to loop in a third team, and then what are you going to bring in? Tyler Hero, they've already got a bunch of uh, shooting guards. And I know we're getting into an era of positionless basketball, but also we're not. Tyler Hero is not. You don't trade. You don't have Damian Lillard for 10 years, have this will we or won't we trade him for a decade, and then the return is Tyler Hero. With all due respect to Tyler Hero, of course. There needs to be a bigger return for that. There needs to be some sort of bigger fish that you get back. And the problem with this whole Trailblazers and Damian Lillard saga and the situation is both sides are coming at this a little too late. And I appreciate the sense of loyalty from each, especially Damian Lillard. As you watch all these other guys request a trade, you know, James Harden is on his third massive trade request. Guy goes somewhere, spends a year and a half of his time, wants out. He's like, He's like flipping houses, basically, the NBA's version of uh, love it or list it. And he keeps listing it. He keeps getting out, getting in, getting out, getting in, getting out. You know, Kyrie Irving's been a similar song and dance, how many teams he's played with the last few years. And then he says, I want to be in Boston forever. He's been on two teams since then. You know, so it's, it's, it's something to admire with Damian Lillard, but also it's okay if your time in Portland 
was coming to a natural end. And for Portland, it's okay if you look at your franchise and say, we might be better off trading him and getting pieces for him. They had a nice run, Portland did, where they were making the playoffs every year. They were winning their division. Yes, there are still divisions in basketball, but they were winning their division. Uh, They made a conference finals at one point, you know, a few times getting into the second round. They had a nice run where Portland Trailblazers fans, when they were asked in December, would you like playoff tickets? Would you like to put a down payment? They they would do it because they would know that they would make the playoffs and have some games to attend. They had a nice run there. It wasn't great. It wasn't special. It wasn't historic. It was a nice run. They move on from Terry Stotts. They trade C.J. McCollum. And then Chauncey Billup comes in. Last couple of years, they've won 25 games, 33 games. And Damian Lillard has been hurt a little bit. They probably should have, when they when they went to a new coach, went to you know trading some new players, they should have all just decided there, this is a rightful time where we can move on. Dame, you'll always be beloved in, in Portland. You'll always be a legend here. We'll never forget you. But it's we're going to trade you because it's best for our team, and you know you may want to be traded because it might be best for your career. But both sides kind of tripled down on the loyalty to each other, and it's always felt like they did it. It's always felt like they did it for the kids, so to speak. Like they did it, but they didn't really want to do it. They 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 both wanted to. I just the the feeling that I have with this whole thing is. And I'm not in any inside rooms. I don't know anything inside. I'm just some guy. But it just feels like with what we see and how they say it, they're just going through the motions. Even this process, I'd be a lot less inclined to think that Damian Lillard went to the Trailblazers this week and said, guys, I want out. It's time. My preferred team is the Heat. You do what you do to get me there. I'd be more apt to think that what happened was, guys, I don't know. How long can we keep doing this? And the Blazers are like, yeah, we want to trade you, but we're waiting for you to make the request. And Dame's like, okay, I guess I will now. Well, where do you want to go, Dame? I don't know. I like what they did in Miami. Okay. We'll we'll alert the sources. Damian Lillard requests trade to Miami Heat. I don't know. It just the, the the way the whole situation's felt. It doesn't felt like he automatically put his foot down and like will only accept a trade to the Heat. It just feels like they asked him what he preferred, and he said, "Ah, uh, what do you have on tap? Mm, I want an amber. Oh, uh, you don't have that. Okay, I I'll try this one. What's the house favorite? All right, I'll try that one." I'll try the Miami Heat. That's what it seems like to me. It just seems like this is not a situation where anybody's demanding anything from either side. They don't want to be the ones to break up with the other person, and so it's actually more sloppy and worse for both sides. Because now Damian Lillard's tweeting at fans like, "I always take the high road." What do you think? What do you think is going on here? You know, the Blazers are trying to scoot around this position. Uh, pun not intended with Scoot Henderson being their draft pick. It's best for the Blazers to trade Damian Lillard. It's best for them to move on from Damian Lillard and trade him and start this new era. You've got Jeremy Grant. He's a good player. He may be getting more money than a lot of people thought he would, but he's a good player. 
Scoot Henderson could have been number one in other drafts where there's no Victor Webb and Yama and there's no Michael Jordan at the helm of a team. So he could have been number one in other drafts. And you've got you've got a foundation now, Shade and Sharp. You've got a foundation where you could start to build something again. And you're already, you've had a losing record the last two years. So trade Damian Lillard for picks or for guys and, and get Damian Lillard on a contender. If Damian Lillard goes to the Heat, that's a very good team. Uh, they've lost a few guys, and that would change things for Miami for sure. There's other teams that may be interested. The Clippers, I don't know what that would do. The Timberwolves, apparently. The Pelicans, the Celtics, they've all reached out, according to Chris Haynes. And that's what the, of the of uh, Turner and the Bleacher Report, and that's what Portland should do. Because Damian Lillard, the team that he suggested to go to, can give them the worst possible package of teams that can actually put a package together. Like you got to match salary and then there's got to be all this stuff that he can match salary, but it's going to be a terrible package. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. You'll get Ben Simmons, I guess as a match salary, but you'll get a bunch of picks. The Philadelphia 76ers. I really think that if he goes to Philadelphia somehow that changes that team in a big way. And Tyrese Maxey could be one of the guys on the outs and, and he's been a good player for them, but I think Dame and Embiid could be a one-two kind of punch the same way that Jamal Murray and Jokic have been. And then it's about finding their version of Aaron Gordon, finding their version of uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, finding their guys that can fit that team. Because I think what Denver did was they had their superstar, Embiid, uh, Jokic in Denver, Philly Embiid, and they built around him, and Murray was a great fit, and then they built around those two. I think Philly could be on the same path. And they're kind of mirror images of each other outside of the last two years. Both of these guys drafted about 10 years ago. Both of these guys have been loyal to their team. Both of them in the playoffs have had playoff appearances, but not the level of success. The Blazers made a Western Conference Finals, all right, in Dame's tenure. The Sixers have not. Combined, they have... They have won zero games in their conference finals combined the last 10 years. Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid. Embiid and the Sixers have never even been there. So to match those two guys up, and I think different positions and skill sets that could complement, build some guys around there, that's what I think the best-case scenario would be for Dame and for another team acquiring him. But for Portland, it's not Miami. Even if you work in some other people in the deal, it is not Miami. And because of how much both of them have dragged their feet on the situation. I don't know that they need to do everything possible to say, all right, Dane, yes, you have given us your great 10 years. We will now put you wherever you want to go. I don't think they necessarily owe that to Damian Lillard. And I, I don't know that teams ever really owe it to anybody. It, it, you know, there's, there's situations where it's possible that you can get the guy to, to where he wants to go. Maybe when there's not other suitors and when the, Asking price difference is not that vast. In the NFL, Devontae Parker wanted to trade, and he wanted to go to New England. And the Miami Dolphins figured out a way to get him there. But it wasn't like a lot of teams were knocking on the door for Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker had 33 catches last year. Turned it into a big contract somehow. But sometimes teams, sometimes players say, I want to go there. And the team's like, well, all right. I mean, if it's, if it's the difference between sending you here or there, we're going to get the same compensation anyway. The difference for Dame is vast. The Heat can give you like nothing in terms of talent, in terms of picks, in terms of peripheral guys. 
the Heat are probably the worst option for Portland. So, yeah, he may have said that that's where he would prefer to play, but I don't think it's necessarily a demand, and I don't think that Portland needs to knock down doors to get Damian Lillard to the uh, place that he suggested he would like to go. The Miami Heat, if they do acquire Dame, that would shake things up, certainly. They've had an offseason where they really, they've lost more guys than they've been able to keep. Uh, losing Max Struess in a sign-and-trade with Cleveland. Losing uh, Gabe Vincent to the Lakers. I think when you look at what some of these teams have done in their free agent period, some teams, it was all about just re-signing your guys, whether that was the Bulls with Vukovic and Kobe White or the Bucks with Lopez and Middleton. Uh, it's about re-signing your guys. Some guys, some teams are trying to shake it up a little bit, spend the cap money that they got, Houston, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green and Jock Landale. I think a couple of teams get high marks so far for what they've been able to do in the offseason. The Lakers have to be number one to me. I think for what they've been able to do in the offseason by bringing in all these guys, they took a team that was very dysfunctional and not, not really like in the locker room or off the court. The Lakers at the start of last season just had a lot of pieces that didn't fit together. A lot of puzzle pieces that were cut the same, but were from like, you could put a puzzle together, but it's from different puzzles. You know, just thinking of the puzzles my kid was doing this morning, a little frozen puzzle here, a little Paw Patrol there. Yeah, I can fit Elsa and Chase, but they're, they're different puzzles. Okay. All right. Somehow my son has five chase toys. Like usually we buy him one little guy. He's got the water set now. He's got the hero set. I don't even know where he's coming up with this stuff. My son, the sneaky little guy, four years old, almost. He wanted a toy the other day. And we said, no, we can't just give you toys. It costs money. And then he goes, I have money, which he does. He's, he's gotten all this birthday money the last three years. It just sits in a wallet. He's well aware of it. I don't know that he generally grasped the concept of money, but he knew enough that we told him no, and he had to work around a way uh, around it. So went to Target and bought some Paw Patrol toys. Yay for us. I think that the Lakers were able to, back to the Lakers, I think that the Lakers were able to make some changes, get some pieces that fit better, and now they've even gone further with that. You know, in uh, bringing back Russell, bringing back Reeves, bringing back Hachimura, and then doing some of the other things they were able to do. Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, uh, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes. What's interesting about the Lakers is if you look at the 2019 draft, Jackson Hayes went eighth, Ruri Hachimura went ninth, Cam Reddish went tenth in the 2019 draft. And now they are all given new contracts by the Lakers in this offseason. Also, I think you got to give some credit to Phoenix. I still don't know that this works, but when they acquired Bradley Beal, it seemed like DeAndre Ayton was going to be the next domino. They may keep him, but even if they do, that's four large deals, some max deals in there, and you've got to just fill it with vet mins. And instead of filling it with like vet minimums of like, you know, guys wanting one last shot, like how Gary Payton and Carl Malone were their last year with the Lakers, where they were not Gary Payton and Carl Malone anymore when they tried to team up with uh, Kobe and Paul Gasol. I don't know. A Drew Eubanks here, a Yuta Watanabe there, Eric Gordon, I think, for him to go on the minimum. I think he's still got a lot of ball left for him to go on a minimum, I think was a big get for them. So, yeah, I think the Suns and the Lakers, they're narrowing the gap between them and Denver, 
And Denver losing Bruce Brown hurts, but I still think Denver's right there. I would put I would put the Lakers at two right now in the West, and then maybe the Suns. Then who knows what the Clippers are going to do? And Golden State will the Chris Paul thing work? A lot of interesting scenarios. We always love this time of the year because you know it's a lot of jersey swapping. But I, I think some teams are really are really trying to uh, to make some improvements here, and we'll see where Harden goes, and we'll see, of course, where where Dame goes after all this. We'll do buy or sell coming up. In for Bill Ryder, I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. My name is Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder today. And we'll be here as well tomorrow as we continue the holiday schedule of shows. Joining me today is Chris Hess, and he's got your buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, let's start it off with a bang here, quite literally. Shohei Otani blasted his major league leading 31st home run of the season last night against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Over his last 30 games, Otani is hitting 383 with 18 homers, 34 RBI, and an OPS of 965. Buy or sell? With what he's been able to do since coming over from Japan, Otani will be the greatest player to ever play in the modern era. I have a hard time doing anything right now than buying that. Buy. Look, and that's the last 30 days. In the month of June, his OPS was 1.444, which the only guys ever to have a better month of June regarding that stat are Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Rogers Hornsby. So he's doing things that haven't been done for a hundred years years and you talk about the modern era you could be putting him close to that Babe Ruth territory all it's going to come down to is longevity at this point and what he's been doing has been tremendous and the guy's playing every day he's pitching on his normal pitch schedule he's hitting every day you know he's not taking days off or two or three days off he's playing every day and putting up monster numbers and the Angels are actually winning some games during this period so it's nice to see it's not just Mike Trout homers, Shohei homers, Angels lose 3-2. No, they are they are getting home runs together. Shohei's been a monster at the plate as well. First in a lot of different rankings in the American League. Earned a trip as an all-star. Not just like, oh, okay, Shohei's a batter and he can pitch an inning too. That'd be cute. No, he's an all-star in both areas. And this is why if the Angels do look to trade him, if they're not where they want to be, it's going to be a huge haul, even if it's a rental, because you're essentially trading for two guys. I think that, yes, Shohei Otani, I don't want to bet anything against him right now. He's still relatively young. He came over a lot sooner than he needed to to get all this time in the major leagues. He could absolutely be on his way. And right now I am just not betting anything against Shohei Otani. Really, the, the one person I think in baseball where if he's in your city, especially if he's pitching also, you have to go see. Sometimes in the NBA, it's like, hey, the Warriors are here. We got to go see him. Hey, LeBron's here. We we got to go see him. Right now in baseball, the guy more than anybody, and he may be the only true guy that qualifies, is Shohei Otani. So, yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him for sure. 
Number two, Damian Lillard has requested a trade from Portland after being the cornerstone of the franchise since he was drafted sixth overall in the 2012 draft. The Heat, Celtics, Nets, and Clippers have been rumored as potential destinations for one of the NBA's best players. Buy or sell, the Miami Heat trade for Damian Lillard and instantly become the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. I would sell that. Sell. Now, this is where some of my bias may come in. I am in Milwaukee, so I am going to support my Milwaukee Bucks bringing back their core. But they've got a new head coach. All right, so the, the, the Bucks haven't really made a lot of changes to their roster, but they do have a new head coach. So we'll see what the philosophy is there. The Sixers... You could put them in the mix. If they trade for Dame, I might I might throw them up. That's me giving more credit to Embiid and Nick Nurse and the system they have there. With the Heat, man, that's interesting. Now I'm almost talking myself into the Heat, even after I just sold them. I still think it's Milwaukee and Boston, no matter what happens with Damian Lillard and Miami. Uh, they actually have a lot. They've lost a lot of their guys. And we, we talked for the whole postseason about how uh, Gabe Vincent's so important and Max Struess is so important and there were games where they did not show up and that was a problem in the finals but they lost some of these guys I think Bam took a leap I think Jimmy is Jimmy of course uh, Dame would certainly change things man it would it would make more of a log jam it would make the Heat a contender instantly the favorite I'd still I'd still push back on that but it would put them in the category of because right now it's right now I think it's Milwaukee, Boston, 1A, 1B, however. Philly, depending. And then, yeah, the Heat did something cool last year, but we don't expect it to happen again. If they get Dame, then I'll put them in the Milwaukee, Boston, Miami mix. But not instantly the front runner. Still some good teams in that Eastern Conference. But, yeah, if you're Miami, you almost need Dame to, to be successful again. I'm not calling what Miami did as a fluke. What they did, they earned it. I just... Don't think it's going to happen again. So I will sell that for now. What's next? Dante DiVincenzo signed a four-year contract with the New York Knicks, which reunites him with former Villanova Wildcat teammates Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. In this past season with the Golden State Warriors, DiVincenzo shot nearly 40% from three. Buy or sell, the New York Knicks will make the Eastern Conference Finals next season. I was talking about the East, didn't even mention them. I guess I'll have to be consistent. I'm going to sell that. Sell. I do like what the Knicks... I love when college guys reunite again in the pros, whether it works or not. I think that's great. The Knicks are in that, like, next tier. Like, I think the Knicks... The Knicks could be capable, if things work out, to have a run like Miami. Uh, The Cavs, I think, could have a run like Miami. But I think you're looking at their roster as the second round is the uh, is the goal, or the second round is the likely outcome. I still th- I think the leap from making the second round and making the conference finals that's a long leap. It's just one series, but it's a long leap. Case in point, the thing I always mention, I'll say it again: Philadelphia has not been to an Eastern Conference Finals. I say this every show I do. I say it three times a show. I know, but they've not made one under Joel Embiid in in this trust the process era. So I don't think the Knicks are there. I think there's a world where it happens, but I'm going to sell on that for now. I'll sell. Next up, with the start of college football's Week Zero just 54 days away, summer workouts have begun around the country. 
The Big Ten was able to send Michigan and Ohio State to the college football playoff last season and three teams in total to the New Year's Six. Buy or sell? The Big Ten will send two teams to the playoff again, and the Big Ten East will finish with a three-way logjam at 11-1 with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. What's a lot going on there, Chris? Uh, I will sell that. Sell. I'm going to sell right away with the two teams in the in the tournament. Although that that is possible. You know, I'll say my bias again. I like what's going on with Wisconsin. I look at schedules here. Wisconsin's got a new head coach, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. They've got literally no one on their schedule. They don't play anybody in the Big Ten. The one team they play is Ohio State. That's at home. So they're in the Big Ten West. Could be interesting. As far as the Big Ten East, the last year that they do this, Ohio State doesn't really play anybody either. They play Penn State, yes. They do go to Michigan, as always. Michigan State's on there. That's already a little tougher than Wisconsin's. Penn State has Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan, so they kind of play the same teams. Michigan then, of course, the same. I think one of those teams might pull away from the pack. And then with the Big Ten, you got you got to th- USC is going to have a good year in the Pac-12 in their last year there. Uh, maybe one of these teams from the Big 12. Very interested in what happens in the SEC now with these other schools coming over, but that will be uh, a year from now, so the Big 12 is going to be loaded. I, I'm, I'm, I can't quite put two teams in there yet, but I'm ready. I love that it's, I love that you've got the exact number of days, 54 days. I, I need college football back so bad. I cannot wait. Absolutely. Uh, I'll sell the question, but I will, I will buy how excited I am for college football here on July 3rd. Yes. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we're going to stick with college football again. Joy- yeah. Yeah. Georgia is looking to become the first school to three-peat as national champions since Minnesota won three straight national titles from 1934 to 1936. Quarterback remains a question mark, but the rest of the team has filled out nicely as Kirby Smart continues to reload. Buy or sell, despite road trips to Auburn and Tennessee, Georgia will three-peat as national champions. Ah. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Let's just buy it. Who cares? Let's buy. Buy. Why not? They've they've conquered every challenge up to this point. And yes, those are some tough road trips, but no LSU on the schedule, no Bama. We'll see what happens in the SEC championship game. I I, I probably, with real dollars on it, I will take the field over just one team. But until Georgia proves otherwise... They are the dogs. So, yeah, Georgia, three-peat. Let's make it happen. I'll buy. Last one, we'll keep it in the great state of Georgia. The Atlanta Braves have opened their lead on the NL East to nine games and have also overtaken Tampa Bay for the best record in baseball at 56-27. and 27. Atlanta has won eight straight and dominated the month of June by going 21-4. and four. Buy or sell, the Atlanta Braves are the team to beat in baseball and will win the World Series in convincing fashion. Ooh, sell? Sell. I'll sell. I just, the the crapshoot that is the playoffs is so insane. But they are playing very well. 
convincing fashion. So who would they play? They'd play, obviously, a team in the American League. You know, I keep talking about the Sixers and their lack of success. The Houston Astros, their season hasn't ended before the ALCS since 2017. That might be one of the most ridiculous stats that I've ever heard. Uh, that that's that's incra- That's a crazy stretch for them with two World Series titles in there. You know, there's been a lot of good teams playing surprising baseball. The Rangers have been very good. The Rays, I think, if you're going to talk about the Braves, you're going to talk about the Rays because they've got one more win than Atlanta. But their start came at the beginning of the season. Their great stretch. The Braves are doing it now in the dog days of summer. I will though. I will buy that they're the bet. They're the team to beat right now. I will. I will buy that part. Buy. But they're the team to beat. Uh, I think you know the National League's interesting, where you've got a lot of teams that are. You've got the, the Braves are in a class of their own right now, for sure. The closest team to them in the standings is the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks with 50 wins, but you've got a lot. You've got a disappointing team in every division, like a classically disappointing team. The Mets in their own division. The Cardinals are 13 games under 500. When does that happen? The Padres, what a disaster that is with a, you know, fantasy baseball lineup, eight games under. They're definitely the team to beat in the National League. I'll 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 hesitate it at World Series, but I do think they could they could run rough shot through the National League, even with how crazy baseball is. They do seem to be head and shoulders above anybody, including the Dodgers, including the Diamond Black backs, including the the Marlins, Phillies. So. Good questions, Chris Hess, bringing the buy or sell. Good stuff there. And we will get more of the Writer Than You experience. Again, I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. You can also reach us at CBS Sports Radio on Twitter at WinksThinks. Shams Sharinia from The Athletic and FanDuel and everywhere. He, uh, one of these guys, of course, that covers the NBA. Along with Woj, those are the two that we look for for all the updates. He shared his screen time. His screen time. So, you know, on your phone, if you've got, uh, I don't know if Samsung phones do it or whatever. I've always been an iPhone guy. And then I get an iMac and then the connectability between the two. It's just, I can't beat that. I can't beat it. Um, but it lets you see your screen time. I've turned mine off. This is one of these stats that I don't want to know. I don't want to know how long I'm on my phone. So I don't I don't get the notification. I don't get the alert. Because once a week, you'll get an alert that says, you've been spending this much time on your phone, and it's up from this much from last week. And I'm like, man, same reason I don't weigh myself anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. I don't need to see that number. Sham's screen time last week, so the week of free agency, was an average of 19 hours, one minute a day. There are 24 hours in a day. You know that. 19, an average of. So that could mean he's getting five hours of sleep a night. But that, that's not even five hours. Like, So he's on his phone the entire time that he's from, from wake to bed? Is there any time? 19 hours a day on your phone for a week. And that was up 11% from a week ago. Up 11%? That's marginal. That means like the week before he was on for 17 hours a day. That's unhealthy. 
I don't know why anybody would want that job. Like these insider jobs, I there's there's only a few of them that that get like this level of of respect. But why would you want to do that? You don't. That's your life. Your life is on your phone. Even if you're like, hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go golf around. I'm gonna go spend three hours. I'm gonna go on a hike. I'm gonna go on a two hour hike. I'm just gonna take a shower for ten minutes. You're like looking out of the shower, peeking through, looking for your phone, seeing if you got any alerts. That's no way to live. We're already too attached to these things. We're already too attached, man, to these things. And for that much, but hey, I mean, to each their own, and it's a good living for him, I guess. I mean, he gets he gets money to live. Does he ever really live? I don't know. It's just because there's like no off-season. It's the July 4th holiday weekend. Guys spent 19 hours a day on his phone. I was talking about the Western Conference earlier. I want to shout out I2Kizzle on Twitter. He tweets me, he says, uh, Wings Thing says, Denver, Lakers, Phoenix, Clippers in the West, and no mention of the Kings, the disrespect. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did. I did. I did forget about the Kings. You know, the Kings, I, I don't think there's too many teams in the postseason last year that can that didn't win the championship that can feel like they're progressing. That can feel like they're on the that can feel like they're on the like the path to success. I don't feel like there's too many teams that can do that. Because we're Giannis Adetokounmpo from the Bucks said. You know, there's no such thing as failure. I totally disagreed with him on saying that. You can't say that after you are the one seed and you lose to the eight seed. You can't, I can't, I can't agree with him on that. Now, if the Bucks win next year, then they can look back and say, we failed last year, which led to some changes, which led to us refocusing, which led to our success. So then... Instead of that being failure, the Bucks losing in the first round of the Heat this year being failure, it can be on the journey to success. So I agree. I, I do. I, I understand what he's saying. It's just if you don't have success at some point, then then it was just failure. Like Damian Lillard, to mention him again. If at any point after the Portland Trailblazers, he said, "This isn't failure. This is just the road to success." They never had success. They never they they got to a Western Conference final and that was it. They never had like the success. So Michael Jordan, he lost all those playoff series and then finally won a championship and then never looked back. Yeah, he can look at his entire career, the 80s portion of his career, he can see, well, those were failures, they were steps to success. Absolutely. For Giannis to say that afterwards, we we don't know what the the next thing is. And the Bucks were in a position where they had won a championship then got to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost, and then lost in the first round. That's You look at that, you're on the down. You're on the down slope. I think with some injuries, Giannis was hurt last year, Chris Middleton the year before that. Uh, I think you can look at that and say, okay, we're still, if you're the Bucks, you're still on the right path. But I don't think there's a lot of teams that can be happy with where they finished if they didn't win the championship. I think the Miami Heat can be, can be like, look what we did, let's build on that. I think the New York Knicks can be. We got to the playoffs. It's been a long time since we've been in the second round. We can build on that. Even though they beat the Cavs 
and the Cavs lost relatively quicker than you thought they might, I still think the Cavs, like all these other teams, the Suns didn't get as far as they should. They got blown out for the second year in a row in that elimination game. They fired their coach. The Sixers, they fired their coach. The Bucks, they fired their coach. The Warriors, they trade Jordan Poole. And now, instead of this two-timeline setup, they're bringing in like the oldest point guard in the league. So a lot of these teams, if they don't get there, there's it's it's you don't get as much time, you don't get as much patience as you used to. All this to say, I think the Kings are a team that even though they lost, they went up 2-0, lit the beam a couple times, and then Golden State came back. Even though they lost, I think they can look at what they did and have that to be something to build on. And I think the Sacramento Kings, to address this tweet, and I'm glad I'm glad that you tweeted that because I totally forgot about you. That, I totally did. And it's the same thing with Denver. Like, Denver felt like they were getting disregarded and ignored, and no one was talking about them. And they won the championship, and now they're going to be the favorite for next season because now everybody's seen them. The Kings will get some more national television games, and the Kings will be more in the conversation, sure. It'd be great if there was a, you know, instead of the Christmas Day game that the Warriors have been playing against Memphis, maybe do a Warriors-Kings game. I think that would be great to see. Get them on Christmas Day. That's a good step towards exposure. Get them on some Thursday nights. But I do think the Kings, I don't think that anything they did last year, third in the West, second for a while, uh, I don't think that anything they did was, was fluky. It's just a matter of right now. So right now, you've got the the Kings didn't do anything different, though. So now you're progressing. So in terms of us talking about you on the free agency week, there was nothing like, yeah, you got a guy. You did sign a guy, but he's from Europe and nobody knows who he is. Now, he may be very good. Thunder did the same thing. But we, we just I don't care if he's the EuroLeague MVP or not. Nobody knows. So if you're a Kings fan, I'll tell you, if you're a Kings fan, you should absolutely be going into next season confident and excited, and there's the potential to do some really great things. And I think Mike Brown is a hell of a coach. And so if you're a Kings fan, definitely, 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 you are in a good spot. You are going to get ignored for a while from some of the national media types. Because look at what the other teams that are in kind of the similar spot in the standings have done. They've they've really done a lot of flashy stuff. I do think the Lakers have built together a pretty good squad here. And I think that they're getting closer to contending with Denver. And Phoenix, I mean, that is just wildly interesting. And I mentioned the Clippers. Right now, you're definitely ahead of the Clippers. Right now, if, I'm, if I was going to predict my four in the West, I'd probably go uh, Denver, I, I'm not even a Lakers guy, but I put them to Phoenix at three. Although in the regular season, Phoenix is going to win a lot of games, like 150 to 130. I don't trust them in the playoffs. I would probably take, I'd probably take the Kings over the Suns in a playoff series where things stand right now. And then I would look at the Kings. Then I might look at Golden State. Then I'll look at the the Clippers, depending on what they do with uh, Damian Lillard. If he goes there, I know now they're like apparently involved. I don't know. We'll see where Dame goes. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think when I'm in here tomorrow for Bill, I don't think I'm going to be able to say, all right, Damian Lillard is now an L.A. Clipper. Here's what I don't. I I think it's going to be 
I mean, I might maybe I'll fill in on Labor Day and say it because I don't I don't think that there's there's no motivation, there's no rush, at least not for the Trailblazers unless a package really gets exciting for them. So some good baseball today. Twenty games or twenty teams in action. Ten games. Everyone should be playing, but whatever. There are some day games, so hopefully your team you can enjoy the holiday a little bit. Be safe with whatever you're doing. Uh, I would say leave the fireworks to the pros. I don't understand the allure of them. I don't understand the fascination with them. I mean, I think it's cool. I was in Washington, D.C. on 4th of July on a rooftop, and I could see like seven different little cities and towns doing their fireworks all at once. And to be in our nation's capital for that moment, very exciting, very cool. And when your town is a nice little party and they do fireworks at night and you can gather with the locals and watch some big fireworks, that's very cool. That's a nice way to spend one summer night. But needing to buy the big mama that you spend $399 on, the things that people won't spend their money on, that's always like, I'll spend $400 on one firework to light in my backyard, but $80 a month for cable is too much. I will nickel and dime my streaming services for 12 months just so that come the 4th of July, I can blow up a $699 Double X Monster Lizard Galore Deluxe. What are you doing? Just be safe. Leave the fireworks to the pros. Even sparklers. What are you doing letting your kids run around with those? Those reach up to 2,000 degrees. You're just, you're just waiting to call the burn unit. Anyway, sorry to rain on that parade. Have fun. We'll be back with you on the 4th for Chris Hess, for Emmanuel. I'm Bart Winkler. Brighter than you, CBS Sports Radio.